You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. This is Karen Grant with Joy Coaching America, and today I am excited to have Rob Robson back with us for part two of a wonderful episode that we did before. And I'm going to just go over Rob's background so that you can remember all of these amazing credentials that he's got. Rob's success story has been featured in publications such as the number one best-selling book, The Miracle Morning for Network Marketers, as well as MLM.com. At 21 years old, Rob was able to transition from addiction and depression to being financially independent and a professional speaker in just six months through the guidance of mentors, completely immersing himself into a leadership and personal development curriculum. Today, Rob and his wife, Kenyon, have a thriving multi-million dollar business and are living the life they've always wanted. Life coaches and policy council members of the life business, the Robsons, have become popular keynote speakers and mentors of thousands of entrepreneurs around the globe. The Robsons have five children of their own and intend to continue to grow their family by fostering and adopting more. Rob, I'm so happy to have you here with me again. It's always a joy to see you and to feel the positivity that just flows from you. And also to have Manasseh Fotu here with us, and he will be joining us later in this program. But today, Rob, I have invited you to come and to speak to our listening audience about the Powerful Life app. And I just want to introduce that and have you give everybody a background as to what we can do in these times to save money, earn money, make money, and become powerful leaders. Hey, thank you so much, Karen. I'm excited to be back here and uh, really enjoyed the last time uh, that I was here and talked about uh, more of the personal development focus and how to change your mind. Uh, And if you haven't listened to that, that was, I think, an awesome episode that we did. Uh, But I've got a really special message today. Um, Man, I'm so excited. I've got my best friend and mentor here with me, Mr. Manasseh Fotu. I'll be able to introduce your audience to him here in just a little bit. And our the the two of us have have been mentored for many years now by uh, the the chairman of Life Leadership, Mr. Oren Woodward. And just a little of Oren's background: uh, he was a, an engineer for General Motors, uh, grew up in a very working class, uh, you know, upbringing, and was living in a in a in a trailer with his wife Lori. Uh, graduated uh, and, and became an engineer for General Motors, and then ended up doing. A lot of great things in General Motors became the uh, the youngest senior engineer in plant history. Uh, he had four patents in production by the time he was 25, which only I think it's one out of 10,000 engineers ever get a patent in production. And so he did some pretty amazing things. But he realized that um, there was there's no opportunity to create success in that corporate environment. That uh, his his reward for those you know each of those patents saved. General Motors millions of dollars, uh, saved or made them millions of dollars. And he got a thousand dollar bonus and a pizza party uh, <laughs> for each one of those. So he realized that uh, his, his, 
his ambition, his his production was not going to get compensated uh, as a as an employee. So we went on to becoming a, a to become a, an incredible entrepreneur. Has has built three companies to hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Uh, Inc. Magazine recognized Oren last year uh, in their top 50. They, they had a ranking of the top 50 most influential leadership experts in the world, and they ranked Oren number 20 uh, in the world. So pretty amazing things what he's done. Sold uh, millions of books, uh, a couple dozen bestsellers. Anyway, he just released a book uh, today we're recording this on um, on Friday, and uh, what's the date today? The fifteenth or sixteenth or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, eighteenth, Friday the eighteenth, um, and his new book, Exposed, just came out, and I am so excited for your listeners. Um, and I'm going to share a little bit about what Exposed is about. Uh, share some of the history, and 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 I think that it'll. It'll be massively valuable for everyone listening. So exposed is exposing what we call the financial matrix. And the financial matrix, I'm sure you know everyone who's listening to this has heard of or probably watched the uh, the old movie The Matrix uh, mm-hmm. with Keanu Reeves. You know, and 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 in the movie, a little spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. But uh, in the movie, uh, Neo. Uh, played by Keanu Reeves, he is, he feels like there's something wrong with the world and he doesn't know what it is. And he finds Morpheus and Morpheus is the rebel leader. And, and Morpheus offers him two pills. He says the red pill, if you take the red pill, Neo, you'll see the truth. But if you take the blue pill, you can go back to sleep and believe whatever you want to believe. But the matrix is real. And if you take the red pill, the red pill, there's no going back. You're going to know the matrix is real. So you got to watch the movie to see what he does. But, but the point is the financial matrix is real. What, what he, what he talked about the matrix in that movie was a invisible system of control. That's really controlling everything in the world. And there really is a financial system of control and you know, we just got through, you know, here, 2020 has been a crazy year and, and, and part of it, the pandemic has, has been something that has globally affected uh, everyone. And, and the economy has been dramatically affected by that pandemic. And then you have here in the U S one of the most, uh, you know, one of the, the highest, most, um, you know, I've never seen such heat when it comes to a political season uh, as what we've just experienced, right? Just so much vitriol, so much, um, you know, conflict. And so I, what I really believe is that if, if, you know, one of the things that everybody talks about is, man, there's so much division. We need to come together. And I really believe what Oren Woodward shares in in his book, Exposed, and some of the things I'm going to highlight with your listeners today can bring us all together with with understanding there is a common enemy. And and that if, uh, you know, the beginning of the book uh, talks about if you've ever felt like that, that the financial system was rigged, it is. If you've ever felt like you're being taken advantage of, you are. And if you've ever wondered, is there something you can do about it? There is. And and that's really the message. And once people understand this system of control, we can come together to really make an impact. And I'm telling you, uh, the 
the, you know, I have my favorite when it comes to, you know, presidents via, you know, Trump or Biden, but the, regardless of who made it in there, the financial matrix was not getting, uh, was Trump, Obama, Bush, Clinton, none of them were fighting the financial matrix. And so it's something higher than what we're experiencing and, and therefore can bring us all together. So let me give you a little bit of, of history. So, um, the history of the world is that is that the vast majority of everyone who's ever been born has been really a slave, either a physical slave or uh, or taken advantage of in another way. And let me it, the the idea is the natural man is an enemy to God, and all of us have this this natural man in us. And so there's always been the strong man. And the strong man has is, is has been corrupted and has wanted to steal the productive capacity of weaker men that couldn't that couldn't um, you know that, that didn't have the strength to protect themselves or to resist. And so they've done it in three different ways. The first way, uh, the matrix of control, is the control over your labor, which is slavery. And, and so, you know, here in the U.S., we had, you know, uh, Africans that were brought over here that were turned into slaves and we a very, very sad history. But in addition to Africans, literally every society has pretty much been enslaved over the years uh, throughout the world. And so uh, so it's something we, we can all trace our history back to slaves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that we need to know that that. Uh, but here's what ended slavery, really, is it just wasn't profitable. It, it, it wasn't profitable because people aren't don't produce very much if they don't have incentive that they can get the fruits of their labor. So they only do what you whip them into submission to do. They don't create things. They don't invent things. And they and they only work hard enough to not get whipped. Right. That's what that's. And so so the production was low. Then the second phase came in. They figured out that what if we let the people free? But. Uh, we own all the land. And so now this is feudalism. And in feudalism, they they controlled all the land. And so now you work the land as a sharecropper and you give half of everything you make uh, to the master, to the owner, to the, to the landlord, right? And, and uh, now what's funny is the landlord made more money this way than on slaves, because you at least, if you keep half of everything, then you feel like, well, then I'm going to work hard because maybe my half could improve, right? And so this is where the term getting fired came from. If you've ever watched the the show, um, what's the what's the one where where uh, they're living in in Ireland and it's Tom Cruise and he becomes far and away in the movie Far and Away. I have answer. Thank you. So in Far and Away, they go and burn down the house. That's called being fired. In, oh. it, it, that, that's where that term came from, is if you're fired from your landlord, they just burn your house down, right? So that was the second system of control. But over time, that stopped working. And that's when the next system of control came, which was capital or money. That's and, what we're going to talk about in the next segment. Oh, my gosh, Rob. See the high energy? See how exciting it is to have Rob on these calls. And we will be right back after the station break with more about part three of what Rob is talking about with Exposed by Oren Woodward. Thank you.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. This is Karen Lynn Grant with Joy Coaching America interviewing Rob Robson. Take it away, Rob. Rob will be sharing with us about capitalism, the third condition of Exposed, which is Orrin Woodward's new book. I'm excited to learn even more, Rob. So here we go. Take it away. I love it. So, so the 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 three systems of control. First was slavery, where we where they the strong man controlled your labor. They owned what you they owned they owned your work completely. Then there was feudalism, which was actually more profitable for everybody. Profitable for the the slave, the the because now they're a sharecropper and they could actually get above uh, just survival, and even way more profitable for the landlord. Uh, and then the. Over time, there was a what what started to happen is technology happened, and people because they started to use gold instead of barter, they started using gold to trade. Then, then commerce and trade became the, the most profitable way to do things, and that allowed people to to not just be an agrarian society. It allowed people to go into the city and specialize. And so, you'd be a baker, you'd be a candlestick maker, you'd be you know whatever. I'll, I'll, and so now, one of the sayings that they said at that point was, "In the city air, the peasant breathes breathes free," because they could go into the city and start their own little business, and now they're not owned by the landlord. Because they're not a sharecrop anymore. So the landlord wasn't having any of that. There's got to be a way that they can get, you know, pr- that they can earn money off of this new system. And so that's when they took over the capital system, which is money. And, and so let me just give you some quotes. James Madison, one of the fathers of our country, says history records that money changers have used every form of abuse intrigue, deceit, and violent means possible to maintain their control over uh, governments by controlling money and its issuance. That's James Madison. Thomas Jefferson said, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. And so let me give you a little history of money. So it started off uh, beginning at the earliest times with barter. And, and the challenge with barter is that if I am a blueberry farmer and you are a wheat farmer and maybe I'm gluten intolerant, right? So you come to me <laughs> and you're trying to get blueberries, but I don't want your wheat because it, uh, and, and so now you go, well, what do I do? Well, you got to, I, I like milk. So now you got to go trade for milk and then you got to bring me the milk to get the blueberries. So barter didn't work very well because it didn't allow people to trade unless you wanted what they have. Right. Right. Uh, and, and so the more we trade, the greater wealth we have. This is a really important and why capitalism works. Every time you do a transaction with someone, you're both richer, right? When I go to the store and I pay a hundred dollars for the thing I want, I wanted the thing more than the hundred dollars and the store wanted the hundred dollars more than the thing. So we both left richer, right? Both left more of what we want. And that's what wealth is, is having more of what you want. It's not pieces of paper. It's having more production. So uh, barter wasn't very good at that. So over time, you know, you had uh, people create 
different types of products they, that were that their value wasn't because everybody wanted them, but because they were universally accepted as a means of exchange. So there was beads, there was shells, there's feathers. And, and, the, and the reason why those things worked is because they were scarce. They were hard to come by. And, and that was important. You didn't want them to, you know, you didn't want to be able to get a lot of those because you needed them People didn't want those shells for the shell's sake. They used them so that we could trade with each other, which is what creates the wealth. That's the value of money. But over time, they learned that metal, uh, specifically precious metals, gold and silver, and mostly gold, uh, were the, the best source, the best thing that we could use for a means of exchange because they were hard to find. They were, they were expensive to mine, but you could also break them into small pieces, right? They, they, and they were easy to test mm. the purity. Uh, and so, uh, and, and it was the same everywhere They they didn't corrode, right? You could, you can find gold that's been in the, in the ocean for a hundred years and it's still worth the same. Uh, so, Gold became that, and that created massive wealth because then countries could trade with each other and everybody had a means of exchange that they could specialize in their thing and still get everything they wanted. And so money creates wealth. Money is not wealth. Money creates wealth. Production is wealth, right? It's what we do to be productive. It's a very important distinction. So then in the in the 1600s, they started to invent bank, bank notes or IOUs. And how this worked would, would be that, let's say I want to travel to another village, another town and trade, and I have my gold and I'm afraid, what if I get mugged along the way? So I'm going to go to a uh, to the safest place in town, which was the goldsmith. And I'm going to say, and they, they had the, be the best security. I'm going to say, how about you hold my gold and I'll pay you a storage fee and then he would give me a receipt, an, an IOU for that gold. And then those were bank notes, right? A bank note was an IOU that you could go trade in and get your gold anytime you want. So now I could go to the other town and trade and, and I would just give you the bank note. So that was the deed to my gold. And so it, the paper didn't have any value. It was because the it was connected one-to-one -one exchange with the, the gold that you could redeem it for. Just like if I traded the deed on my house, right? It's not the paper. It's that it, it, it it's the ownership of a house. So that's what banknotes started to, to become. But then what happens is greed steps in. And so one day the the banker, right? The, the, the goldsmith realizes, man, hardly anybody ever comes and gets their gold. So I've got 10,000 ounces of gold here. And at any given time, only uh, only 10% of it is ever being redeemed. So he thinks, what if I just print some more receipts? So he counterfeits and prints more receipts. And instead of having 10,000 ounces of gold receipts in, in circulation, he prints himself another 10,000, spends them slowly into the economy. And now there's 20,000 gold receipts with only 10,000 ounces of gold. No one knows until there's a run on the bank. What's the problem with a run on a bank? There shouldn't be a problem. You, if, if you have my money, I should be able to get it. No, it's because the banker cheated you. And, and when the banker cheated you, said you've got $100 on deposit, but you don't have $100 on deposit, he gave it to someone else and is loaning it out multiple times to make that money. And that's called fractional reserve banking. And what happened is this, this, this goldsmith became a banker. The banker became the wealthiest person in town. He hired the politicians to make fractional reserve banking legal. 
That's really the story of money and what we have today. So then, so let's go through, when did things start to change? Well, 1913 was the worst year outside of when the Civil War, uh, outside of the Civil War, 1913 was the worst year for freedom in America. In 1913, several things happened. Several things, they, they created the 16th and 17th Amendment. So the 16th Amendment uh, created the federal income tax. Now, we had nice roads. We had a lot of nice things. We had schools. We had all those things without income tax. It is a, you know, how did we have those things before 1913? Well, the point is we don't need an income tax. It's, it's, it's theft. And, it, and it's all around they needed it because the other thing they created that year was the Federal Reserve. And they needed, the bankers needed a system where they could create the money out of nothing through the Federal Reserve, and then they could reap the benefits through taxes because it all goes to the bankers anyway, okay? And, and or a big majority of it. Same year, they also did the 17th Amendment, which killed federalism because it made, back, back at that point, uh, this, the, the Congress, uh, you know, the House of Representatives was elected democratically by everybody in the state and to represent them in the country. Um, but those are small districts. So they have some accountability because your congressman, you, you could go see your congressman and probably get in there because it's a small district. Senators, on the other hand, there's only two senators for the whole state. So that's very powerful. They don't have a lot of accountability. So they, they were elected not by the people, but by the state house and the state re- uh, legislator. And that meant that they were accountable to the state, right? So they, if they weren't doing the state's bidding, they were going to get thrown out. But now 17th Amendment made it to where that uh, they were elected by everyone. So now they have no accountability, right? And and now, now that killed states' rights. And th- anyway, a lot of bad things. So let's focus on 1913, the Federal Reserve and taxes. Uh, those two things killed us. The 16th Amendment said that Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on income from whatever source derived without appointment among the several states and without regarding to any census or enumeration, meaning before they would, the federal government could only get money from the states. And so the states had some power. Now the federal government can go directly into Karen Grant Turley's pocket and take from her directly, right? That now made the, the few people in the federal government supreme. You know, Rob, this is like a total history lesson in 22 minutes, and I am so excited. Now, is all of this in Orrin Woodward's book? So much more! Oh so much more! I'm giving you a little teaser. Well, we will be right back after this station break with more from Rob Robson teaching us about this financial matrix. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace. One happy listener at a time. This is Karen Lynn Grant interviewing Rob Robson on Orrin Woodward's new book just released today, December 18th, 2020, called Exposed, which reveals to us 
some of us may be naive like me, on all of the facts that Rob is so eloquently presenting today about our financial matrix. And this is so exciting, Rob. I'm just going to turn the time right back over to you so you can continue right where we left off. Well, I never knew that history could be so exciting. Once you realize that history is what how you're getting hosed, then all of a sudden it becomes very engaging. And, uh, you know, so this is, we're talking about 1913. Woodrow Wilson, uh, probably the worst, one of the worst presidents we've ever had, uh, in my humble but accurate opinion, uh, is he, he, he enacted these uh, both the 16th and 17th Amendment, bringing in the income tax, bring, uh, making the states have no power and bringing in the Federal Reserve Act. And during that time, uh, the famous U.S. Congr Congressman Charles Lindbergh said the Federal Reserve Act establishes the most gigantic trust on earth. When President Woodrow Wilson signed this pre this bill, the invisible government of the monetary power will be legalized. The worst legislative crime in the ages is perpetrated by this banking and currency bill. The financial system has been turned over to the Federal Reserve Board. That board administers the finance system by, by authority of a purely profiteering group. That, and it really is private. The system is private, conducted for the sole purpose of obtaining the greatest possible profits from the use of other people's money. From now on, depressions will be scientifically created. Like two con men working a mark, the Fed can cre create easily while, estab while establishment newspapers hyped what riches could be made in the stock market. So that was that was uh, Congressman Lindbergh. That absolutely happened. And then towards the end of Woodrow Wilson's life, he realized that that he was just a, a puppet. And he was quoted to say, I am a most unhappy man. I have unwittingly returned my country. Uh, un, I've un, unwittingly ruined my country. The great industrial nation is now controlled by its system of credit. We are no longer a government of free opinion, no longer a government by conviction and by the vote of the majority, but a government by the opinion and duress of a small group of dominant men. Wow, Rob, is all of this in this exposed book? Yes, yeah, so I'm just giving you teasers. Whoa. I'm giving you I'm giving you the synopsis. But you know, a little after that, Henry Ford said, "It's well enough that people uh, the people of this nation do not understand our banking and monetary system. For if they did, I believe there would be a revolution before tomorrow morning." And you know, when you when you start to dive into this, you'll realize this is the system of slavery. And that, and what I want you to know and what the book exposes is that there is a way to fix it. So I'm not going to go too far into how money creation works, but, but understand that it is, it, it profits. If you, if you say who owns the federal reserve, because it does have owners, uh, it's, it's a bunch of different banks and, uh, many, more than half of them are foreign banks. And you'll, you, there's no, they've never been audited. Okay. In all their history that and Ben Bernanke after, you know, Obama's big bailout. Uh, and there was a, over a, a, close to a trillion dollars that was given away to a bunch of people. And the Congress asked him, one of the congressmen said, can you give us a list of the people that received that money? He said, no, we don't have to. Right. To the Congress, it's never been exposed. No one has ever looked at their books. They're able to print money out of nothing and then create and then create inflation. And let me give you some examples of of you know whatever they create, which is which is a lot. Uh, you know, it, it is then multiplied over and over again. So you've got what the Federal Reserve creates, then it goes to a bank. So let's say you uh, you 
you know, from the Federal Reserve, it goes to government contractors. So government contractors get the money when it's at full value. They take their $100 and they put it in a bank. Well, now in their deposit slip, it says, I have $100 in my bank account. So you would think that the bank would keep that 100 but no, they only have to have normally a 10% reserve. So that means that you put they, the government contractor puts the $100 in, they keep 10, they loan out 90, okay? Then Karen Turley gets the 90 and she puts it in her bank. And so then the bank has to keep nine, but they're able to loan Manasseh 81. And then Manasseh deposits his 81 and they got to keep $8.10, but they can loan out the rest. And when it compounds over time, that 100 creates 900 more in fake money. So every dollar that the, that, the, that the central bank, the Federal Reserve creates is in multiplied 10 times because of the fractional reserve system. So it is ridiculous how much is out there. Um, and so, you know, what's the result of that? Well, you know, 1923, you had the Weimar Republic, Germany after World War One. You know, they had they they had uh, wheelbarrows full of money to buy anything. I go to Latin America a lot. Venezuela was the wealthiest country in Latin America 25 years ago. Today, there's not enough garbage cans for the children to eat out of. It, it has been decimated. And it the way they did that was communists took over and started printing money. And they've printed it so much to where now you can have, I mean, it, it is literally not worth the paper it's printed on. Uh, and, and that created tens of thousands of starving, starved to death children in Venezuela in what was the wealthiest mm -hmm. country in Latin America. This is, this is something people need to understand. The Great Depression, you'll learn in that book, was contrived through this system. It was created, manufactured. Uh, then, then in 1933, uh, after the Great Depression, um, what happened was people saw the bank runs. They realized the scam. So people started hoarding gold because instead of putting their gold in and having a piece of paper, they just said, no, they're they're printing money. So that's people started hoarding gold. So then in 1933, uh, President, uh, the um, in 1933, President Roosevelt made gold illegal. He 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 confiscated all the gold through ex, ex, by executive order. Uh, I'm reading it to you right now. Under executive order, the president uh, uh, requires on April 5th, 1933, all persons are required to deliver on or before May 1st, 1933, all gold coin, gold bullion, and gold certificates now owned by them to a Federal Reserve branch agency to any member of the Federal Reserve system. So they confiscate the gold. Now they give you $25 uh, for each ounce. But then in 1944, 10 years later, that with the Bretton Woods uh, Monetary Conference, they created a, a partnership with all the countries of the world that the U.S. would, the dollar would be the world's reserve currency. And don't worry, we'll hold all your gold, right? So now other, the, we, we can't have gold, but countries can. They could redeem their dollars mm. for gold. Well, what happened was that, Countries did because of the the what happened with Lyndon B. Johnson, the what they called the, the guns and butter deal, where you've got his p big progressive welfare plans while he's in Vietnam, massive warfare. The other countries get wise. You can't have all this money. Like you guys are printing too much. So England asked for their gold back. We give it to them. France asked for their gold back. We don't give it to them. And and Nixon then signs in 1971. Uh, an order that he says, in recent weeks, the speculators have been waging all-out war on the American dollar. I have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold, which means 
screw you to all the other countries that you can no longer, we steal your gold and shut up because we have big guns. And that's really what happened in 1971. And I don't have time to go through it all, but if I went through if in the, in the book, you'll see graphs of how from 1971 until now, the debt went from almost nothing in our country to $61 trillion of debt right? 61 trillion. Of that, you've got uh, the, the federal debt uh, is now uh, in 2020, it, it is it, it, almost doubled. It's crazy what's happened. And no, under the guise of COVID, no one's realized it. Uh, and then corporate debt and then public debt, personal debt. Uh, so there's there's government debt, corporate debt, and personal debt. We're now up to over 60 trillion. And it's all it, it, a huge percentage of that happened this year. This year, it all under the disguise of COVID. And, oh. and, and I'm telling you, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is all out in the open. You can all see it. It's just not been exposed until now. And so what does that mean for you? Well, since 1913, if you had a dollar, and uh, excuse me, if you had $100, by 1920, you would need to have 197 to have the same value. By 1930, 175. By 1960, 299. By 2018, $2,500. Today, you'd have to have almost $3,000 to be equivalent to $100 in 1913. This is how they steal from you. They steal three ways. They do it through taxation, inflation, and debt. Okay, so that's the financial matrix. And I don't have time to go through all the, the details. I can't wait for you to read the book, but you're going to learn that number one, the problem is a system of taxation, inflation, and debt that steals from you. But the most important thing that we want to share with you on this radio show and, and in the book is that there is a solution. We are so thankful. This is amazing. And I am so excited to be here with you with Rob Robson as he shares Exposed by Orrin Woodward, just released today, December 18th, 2020. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. This is Carolyn Grant with Joy Coaching America interviewing Rob Robson on Oren Woodward's book, Exposed, that was released today, December 18th, 2020. And Rob, this has been a journey. I haven't hardly said anything because it, I don't even want to interrupt you. This is too exciting. So continue where we left off and then you have a special guest that you're going to be introducing in just a moment. I do. Well, I'm, I'm just, I hope that your, your listeners, I hope you're, you're with us. And I hope that this history lesson means something to you to understand that we are being taken advantage of. And that in order to have freedom, we have to escape. We have to help you, the individual, escape the financial matrix. And we have a belief that we can come together as a community and that we can come together with millions of people and crush the financial matrix. That's our passion. That's what we believe. So what's the solution? Well, we launched our company, uh, Life Leadership, 
2000, uh, November 1st, 2011, Oren Woodward and Chris Brady, the two main founders, uh, launched their company. And it was all around leading people to truth, leading people to truth in three areas that I'm going to have Manasseh share. And, um, and, and that through that truth, through that education, we could really create the leadership revolution. Oren Woodward and Chris Brady wrote another New York Times number one bestseller called Launching a Leadership Revolution, that we could create the leadership revolution to help people escape the matrix. But what in, in our first eight years, we did almost three quarters of a billion dollars in sales in education. We went to 20 countries. We've helped tens of thousands of people. The challenge is that we were attracting like-minded people, people that are already passionate about success, about leadership, about these you know principles of freedom and liberty. And so we were attracting those. The problem is that's not who we need to attract. We need to attract the millions of people that don't know that this system has not been exposed to yet. And so how do we do that? Well, a technology came across uh, our, our table a couple of years ago that we thought, wow, this is revolutionary. So one of the things, one of the ways, the, the, the things that funds the financial matrix uh, is, is our bank, you know, the banking system makes money through interest, right? Uh, and, and so, and it also makes money through transactions. So when you use your credit card or your debit card, every time you swipe, there is merchant fees paid and an average of around 3%. So imagine all the trillions of dollars of business that that America does, and but it's around the whole world. And every single swipe is a 3% tax that goes to fund this evil system. And it's stolen from you. You you don't you you think, well, the business pays that. I don't have to pay that. No, no. You pay it in prices because the, the business has to raise their price to cover that. So it really all comes out of you, your pocket. Uh, and, and then they get you to get into debt, which then, you know, enslaves you the other way. Uh, and so, so this technology, it's a new payment system, a lot like Apple Pay or Google Pay or Samsung. It's an app-based payment system that has the 256-bit encryption that, that Apple Pay and Google Pay has. So, so it's a huge solution for, for businesses because one out of three credit cards is stolen every year. So everybody is wanting to go towards app-based payments anyway. But what we did is we were this this technology that that we were able to acquire uh and then we went out and we we negotiated contracts with now over 300 of the biggest retail stores restaurants movie theaters airlines almost every business that you frequent if it's a national chain we've partnered with them already or we will soon but most everybody's already on there and and what what this allows you to do is when you walk into Best Buy, if you go to Taco Bell, if you go to Burger King, if you go to you know you know Bass Pro Shops, if you go you, you go into to buy clothes at Nordstrom's, and you get to the checkout line, whether you're in line or online, doesn't matter. You say I'm going to pay with gift card, with an electronic gift card, and what you, you pull up the Life app, and it let's say your bill is twenty seven dollars and nineteen cents. You press twenty seven nineteen pay, and it instantly buys you a gift card in the exact amount of $27.19. So if you're at Nordstrom's, if you're at Best Buy, it's a Best Buy gift card for $27.19. You just show it to them. They scan it. It's a barcode on there. And it's literally faster than putting your credit card in. Okay. But now, uh, now because you, and, and we, you, we let you use a credit card, you can put your credit card or debit card 
in the in the system and that'll give you uh, a cash back you'll get somewhere between one and twenty percent it averages about uh, almost six percent cash back on every transaction if you use a debit or credit card so even if you are still funding the financial matrix we give you a benefit but we don't want you to fund the financial matrix so we will pay you an extra four percent on every transaction if you use what's called an e-wallet which is simply taking money out of your checking account, right? Transferring it into the e-wallet and using it that way, we give you an extra 4%. So now you get an average of 10%. And, and, that, and that money, instead of going to fund the financial matrix, it funds you and your household. It's funding the escape, right? So now you can take that money. Kenyon and I get an average of 150 bucks a month in cash back. Uh, and, and now you can take that money and start to put it towards reduction in debt. You can put that money towards investing, towards getting escaping the financial matrix. So that's number one is this payment system came across. And we thought, wow, this is really special because there's no other payment system out there that allows you to avoid credit card fees. So we brought that on. And then we added the most incredible travel package We and, and partnerships with Priceline and almost every timeshare company in the world that the, the, the super app that we, we call it, you pay $30, we give you 30 trip credits back immediately every month. And you can spend those at Priceline or towards literally pennies on the dollar going to luxury timeshares all around the world. So that pays for the whole super app. Then you're getting cash back everywhere you go. We've got a network of 230,000 stores that also local merchants that put their coupons on there. So you can use those. All these other benefits I can't even share. Medical benefits on there. You can, you do, you can see a doctor on your phone at 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All of this is in the super app, but the most important thing was our education. And so now what we used to sell, uh, you know, one, one of our programs, Rascal Radio, 50 bucks a month for 3000 audios all on your phone now is free inside the super app. What we used to sell, the financial fitness program that would teach you how to escape the matrix, that was 140 bucks. Now it's free inside the super app. And so we've created a self-funded mechanism that allows people to get amazing travel, medical benefits, cashback discounts everywhere they go, and this incredible education and actually be cash flow positive month after month after month, putting money in their pocket by taking it from the financial matrix and helping fund your escape. So I'm going to introduce my best friend and mentor of many years. And my wife and I have been blessed to make millions of dollars and truly live our dream life. And I owe so much of it to this man, Mr. Manasseh Fotu. Manasseh has spoken all around the world for millions of people. He's made millions of dollars. He's helped many other people win big. He and his wife, Lisa, have 13 children with every single one of them are rock stars and have done amazing things. In fact, every kid that's graduated high school so far, the top eight or nine, have all gotten full ride athletic scholarships. Like I've never met a winner like Manasseh Fotu. And I want him to share a little bit about the three keys to wealth that are included in What, what is that? Okay. Thank you, Rob. And man, I'm excited to, uh, and thank you, Karen, for the opportunity to share no, a little sir. bit. Okay. Thank you, Rob. And thank you, Karen, for the opportunity to share a little bit, you know, with you guys. And um, man, I'm excited. I, I was just sitting here listening to Rob and Karen going back and forth and sharing with you guys. And I only have a few minutes. I just want to, you know, uh, share a few minutes here with you about the three keys to wealth. 
Then my mentor, you know, Rob Menson, you know, um, Oren Woodward, the author of Exposed, the Financial Matrix book that he's released today. So three keys to wealth that he has taught me is that is number one, financial literacy. Number two is leadership. And number three is leveraging the system. So <clears throat> Rob talked about the financial matrix, right? I want to focus a little bit on our leadership part of it because I feel like my life is so different today because I plugged into this amazing leadership training information. And my wife and I, you know, like Rob said, we have a few kids, you know, uh, only 13, right? And we have uh, 10 grandkids, two more on the way, and we're excited. We are living our purpose every day. Why? Because we learn from great people. I love, you know, partnering up with, you know, people that are smart, that know so much I can learn from and get mentored from. I look at Orrin Woodward and Chris Brady, you know, being ranked, you know, in the top 50 most influential leaders in the world. And their whole purpose was to play it forward and to help people. They felt like God has blessed them with so much, you know, given to them and blessed their lives. They wanted to play it forward and help change people's lives and help people with their bondage, whatever that is in their life, whether it's finances, whether it's leadership, whether it's marriage, whether it's relationship or people skills, whatever it is. But for me, I've learned so much about leadership from Orrin Woodward and Chris Brady. So I just want to share a little bit with that because I feel like my life is so different today because I learned so much from these guys. And I look at our you know, so look at this here. So you look at financial literacy, leadership, and leveraging the system. Of course, the system that I'm referring to is this app that Rob is talking about. You're, you're talking about a $30 a month subscription to this app, and you have so much more in there, so much more in there that it's, I mean, literally, there's so much value. And I look at this leadership information, how I learn, you know, how to, like, my marriage is so different today to my wife, Lisa, because of this information. Because I remember learning from Oren Woodward, he said, Manasseh, you know, I, I remember asking him, I said, Oren, how do I become a great leader like you? He said, well, first you gotta, you know, look at yourself. You, got, you can't lead other people unless you lead yourself. And I remember thinking, okay, and he said, you gotta learn to read. You gotta dive into all this, you know, uh, amazing information from the books and the audio and, all of that, folks, has changed my life, the way I, the way my marriage is, the way my relationship with my children. And for me, that is the most amazing information of what this is all about. Leadership, financial literacy, and leveraging the system, and that is this great app. Thank you, Karen. Oh my gosh, Manasse, we are gonna have to have you come back again because you have such an amazing story and we love you so much. So grateful to you and Rob today for being on this call and exposing the financial matrix to us and educating us on what we can do to become great leaders. Thank you so much.